0: With the Winter Olympics here, many businesses are looking for ways to incorporate messaging related to the games into marketing, advertising, and social media campaigns. However, the Olympics have very strict and sometimes confusing rules related to what companies can and can't say. Fitting and partner Danny Audi joins us now to offer insight into this timely topic. Now, Danny, a regulation called Rule 40 determines what can and can't be used in marketing and advertising as it relates to the Olympics. Tell us more about it.
1: Well, Rule 40 of the Olympic Charter has caused a lot of angst for athletes and advertisers. Basically, that rule prohibits the use of an athlete's name, image, or likeness during the course of the Olympics, and that makes it very difficult for athletes, most of whom earn very little money professionally as athletes, to promote themselves during the Olympic Games, which in today's day and age promotion through social media is a very popular way for people to build a platform and to make money. And so Rule 40 really puts that on ice for athletes. The rule itself and guidelines issued by the Olympics are quite onerous in terms of what is prohibited, or at least what the Olympics tells you is prohibited. And those guidelines prohibit things such as the use of Olympic trademarks, which we would expect. But beyond that, even common words using gold, silver, bronze, metal, depending on the context of how those terms are used and if they give the impression that there is some association between whoever is posting or advertising and the Olympics can run afoul of the Olympic guidelines and rules. So these are very strict, limits that the olympics puts out and that brand owners and athletes need to be mindful of some athletes and some brand owners have pushed back there was a case by a small minnesota company called zero res that cleaned carpets who wanted to advertise or promote through social media that there were minnesotans going to the olympics and under the rules because they are not an official sponsor of the olympics they're prohibited from doing that, and they thought that violated their First Amendment free speech rights, so zero res filed a lawsuit in the United States asking a federal court to issue a ruling saying that, you know, they can advertise this way and that the Olympics rules have gone too far. That lawsuit was not determined on the merits of the claims brought. It was kicked out on jurisdictional grounds, but the sentiment by Zero Res has been shared by many, many others who have challenged the validity of the rules, who have pushed back on these rules, but the rules are there and the limits are, as I said, quite onerous. And so brand owners and athletes really need to be mindful of how they present themselves during the course of the Olympic Games.
0: What are some common mistakes that organizations and athletes make?
1: I think non-sponsors may instinctively think, you know, look, we're not an official sponsor of the Olympics, so we can't use certain trademarks, et cetera. But we've been sponsors of the athletes themselves, or we've had relationships with the athletes themselves. So we want to promote those athletes during the Olympic Games. And if one of them qualifies for the Olympics or you know, wins a medal, we want to turn to our social media and congratulate them and say, you know, great job and be a partner to those athletes as we have been historically. And that conduct is prohibited by the rules because it suggests potentially that those companies are official sponsors or have some official role in the Olympics when they do not. There was a good example of that happening in association with the Rio Games. A company named Wazell, which makes athletic clothing, wanted to congratulate Kate Grace after she won an 800-meter race to qualify for the Olympics. So they turned to Twitter, as everyone does these days, and put out a message that said, you know, she's heading to Rio. And almost immediately, the Olympics sent a cease and desist notice to Wazell asking them to remove that tweet and to remove images of Grace competing in the trials because, according to the Olympics, that was a violation of the rules and suggested that Wazel was an official sponsor of the Olympics when they were not. So Wazel did pull back on their statements and they altered images of grace so that those images didn't bear the Olympic insignia and so that it wasn't presented as, you know, grace competing in association with the Olympics. And they took steps along those lines. But you can see that the Olympics is watching closely what companies are doing, I think probably in particular athletic brands, during the trials and in the institution of the Olympic Games and they're, they're acting swiftly in some of these cases to demand takedowns.
0: What are some of the consequences they could face?
1: Well, I think that's the real kicker because the consequences flow not only to the advertisers themselves but affect the athletes as well. and. And those penalties on the athletes could be as severe as disqualification from the games, stripping of medals, and other penalties. So, advertisers really need to be mindful that their conduct affects not only them, but could have really dire consequences for the athletes. And I, I think that's why, in many cases, companies take a conservative approach because the last thing they want is for their conduct to disqualify someone who they have a relationship with, or you, even if they don't, to have someone who's trained so incredibly hard to qualify for and compete in the Olympics to be excluded. But the other potential penalties are the more traditional types, which is you know taking down the content that the Olympics deems to have run afoul of the rules. You could also find yourself in court for trademark infringement and unfair competition, the remedies for those breaches or claims could be monetary damages, injunctive relief, and other penalties, depending on where those cases are filed.
0: And finally, Danny, what should organizations and athletes be thinking about to avoid unintentionally breaking these guidelines?
1: Preparation, preparation, preparation is key. You know, our phones start to ring off the hook leading up to the Olympic Games as companies scramble to make sure their advertising programs are aligned with the rules, make sure the social media policies are aligned with the rules and to advertise and conduct themselves within the confines of those guidelines and to minimize risk. The most successful advertising are are those that have prepared in advance. The IOC does allow for a waiver from their rules so that advertisers can continue to air advertisements featuring athletes who are competing in the Olympics or air advertisements that are otherwise prohibited under the Olympic guidelines. But you have to file for those waivers well in advance. For the Winter Olympics, the period for filing for a waiver expired on August 11, 2017. So as I mentioned at the beginning, preparation is key. You've got to think about what your advertising is going to look like during the course of the Olympics. And if you want a waiver, you need to file for it well in advance and prepare accordingly. And for the athletes themselves, I would recommend that they familiarize themselves with the Rule 40 guidelines. They are published through the IOC's websites and also familiarize themselves with the social media policies that the Olympics has put out. Because those social media policies get into what they are permitted to post, you know, pictures from the events, et cetera. It goes into detail about what's permissible and what isn't things like, you know, depicting your athletic gear may be prohibited whereas, you know, pictures of the ongoings behind the scenes may be okay. So familiarizing yourselves with those social media requirements and the rule 40 guidelines from an athlete's perspective are incredibly important. And also to the point of monetizing yourself during the Olympics there are a lot of restrictions on those athletes and preparing for those restrictions and Thinking about how you can monetize your branding before the blackout period commences for the Olympics and and after the Olympics conclude, I think, is really important for athletes to plan for.
0: Our guest has been Danny Audi, partner at Finnegan, one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues to listen to other podcasts and to receive additional information on the firm please visit www.finnegan.com thank you for listening to this podcast from finnegan